Hello everybody, Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. I hope that uh, we're having some technical difficulties, but I hope that they're not too uh, impeding uh, into getting this live stream up and going. Um, if you're watching it live on YouTube or if you're watching it as a replay on any of the other platforms or listening to it on the From the Desk of Rick Wallace podcast, I want to first of all welcome you uh, as we're in a rebuilding process. Our original YouTube channel was taken down. Um, this was actually a channel uh, where we were doing some other work, uh, building a foundation for the Visionetics Institute. And we sort of had to kind of jump over and do what we needed to do in order to continue to get the content out. Um, supposedly, I violated some uh, community guidelines that had to do with kids, and you guys know me better than that. Um, supposedly, from what I can understand and just researching and trying to get some type of clarity in what it was, Basically, because a child was involved and I was talking about the mistreatment of a child and what led to it and what we need to do, um, the child's face should have been blurred out. Now, I've never had in almost 10 years, never had uh, any type of community violation or community guideline strike, uh, never had any warnings or anything. It initially started out as a warning and ultimately ended up being um, a suspension. Uh, it just jumped from a warning, which was not even supposed to be a strike, just a warning, to a suspension. And I still haven't gotten a final answer on what's going on, but we will continue on in doing what we do. Uh, I'm not uh, deterred in the slightest uh, from doing what I believe in and what I'm passionate about and what I've done from day one, uh, and that's call a spade a spade and be unapologetically uh, black in the movements and my behaviors. I mean, it's cost me on the business side. There are some clients I lost because I wouldn't tame what they called my uh, rhetoric, uh, my radical rhetoric, as they put it. Uh, my thing is, I'm not an enemy to, to anyone who isn't an enemy to my people. Uh, so if you feel in some kind of way, it's probably because you are in some way in my line of sight or my line of fire. And I'm not going to apologize for those who find themselves in my line of fire because I'm only firing at those who are bringing harm and participating in the demise of my people. Uh, I'm, I'm about peace and love at this point in my life. I used to be rowdy. Uh, you know, I think about a lot of people out there, you know, some of the things I did as a young man, uh, I worked real hard to make sure my sons didn't do the same. My older sons have a lot of me in them, but they've calmed down as well. Uh, but I just want to apologize if this doesn't come across great. We're having some technical difficulties. Um, I'm operating out of a few places, so I have some equipment that's at another place that I need to bring back to my office. Uh, so I'm operating off of what should be operating better. Uh, I'm not going to call any names. I'm not a name dropper too much. But this equipment should definitely be working better than it's working. But 
hopefully it comes across good because I want to really touch on this. Also, in the process of what we're doing, those who have followed me over from the other page, you know the work that we've done. Uh, in the community, Black Men Lead, uh, a rite of passage for young black males age, ages 4 to 30, uh, Restoring Ghetto's Forgotten Daughters, which is my wife's brainchild and passion that I work side by side with her with in working with young girls who uh, have been victims of childhood sexual abuse and, and so much more uh, with her being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and rape. Uh, all before the age of 15. Um, the work we're doing with Music is Life, the work we're doing with financial literacy, um, you know, we need your support. And with every video, there's going to be a paragraph at the top of the description box that, box that shows you uh, how you can support the work we do. Uh, you can go to the site where you will be able to view some of the work we're doing as well as tap into some of the resources that are there that are free, that give you access to a lot of what's going on. Uh, or you can just simply give where a lot of people doing, which totally baffles me. I guess I'm old school in that way, but uh, through Cash App, uh, the Cash App account handle is also in that uh, description box first paragraph. With that being said, look, I'm going to move on and talk about this. I came to you a couple of days ago uh, to talk about, uh, to reluctantly talk about what was going on with uh, those who have uh, assigned themselves the title of being the head of the leaders of the ADOS movement, uh, specifically Antonio Moore and Yvette Cornell. Uh, and those who have followed me all the way over from my page for years knows that one of the things that I have a major problem with doing is going in on other blacks. There have been those that I have disagreed with and those disagreements have been handled or discussed on a principal matter, not on a personal matter. I am very reluctant to go after someone personally until I really believe that they are counterproductive, counterintuitive and serving self only and not truly out for our people. Uh, you know, I've gone in on Stephen A. Smith, uh, Charles Barkley, um, um, Steve Harvey, um, Jason Whit uh, Whitlock, Jason Whitlock, uh, and a couple of others that I just see that are totally out of line. Uh, but other than that, you know, what's going on, you know, without, you know, I've I've stepped in on beasts between others who have platforms and much larger uh, than the one that I have now or had. And my thing was, we've got to do better. We've got to get along. We've got to understand that we can be disagreeable without being violently and hostile, hostile in, in a hostile way, being violently disagreeable. Uh, so. For me to come out and talk, I have to really feel strongly about something. One thing that I'm real big on, I was reared by my great-grandparents. My grandmother's parents reared me. So I have a... Okay, it's still on. I have a old-fashioned sense of respect. It doesn't mean giving unrestricted passes to my elders. It's meaning that I handle them differently then I handle someone that I consider a, a peer or a contemporary or someone I consider to be uh, 
lower in the uh, hierarchy based off of age and experience. Uh, that's just something that I grew up understanding. I still say yes, sir, and no, sir, to people older than me. Uh, it's a form of respect. It's a form, and, and I think with our people, the way we are made, the way we are built, where we come from, uh, that's extremely important uh, that we maintain a level of respect. And so I came out and I spoke and I made a stand and I denounced this uh, campaign and assault by Yvette Cornell and Antonio Moore on uh, Dr. Anderson, uh, Dr. Claude Anderson on a number of different um, premises. Uh, first and foremost, yes, he is an elder. Uh, he's also a legend. He's also someone who has dedicated decades. Um, I don't stand on or believe or suggest that he's perfect. I don't stand on, believe or suggest that he's got all the answers, um, that he's infallible. Uh, that has absolutely nothing to do with my uh, insistence on that he be respected. I've just seen so many of our elders and now some of who are now ancestors be disrespected by those who haven't put in a fraction of the work that they put in uh, and now have solely based on advanced technology, a platform. My, my thing is uh, I have hindsight when looking at the work of those who came before me, those whose broad shoulders I am uh, blessed enough to stand on and carry their work on, uh, the Khalid Muhammad's, the Malcolm X's, uh, the John Howard Clark's, uh, I mean, you know, so many, Neely Fuller Jr., Claude Anderson, Dr. Joy DeGrye, um, so many, um, Dr. Yosef Benyakinen, uh, you know, the one who got me started in all this, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, who I saw on Phil Donahue in 1985 as a high school student, a 16 year old high school student, and discussing the Cress theory of color confrontation before she even uh, published the ISIS papers. And just watching how she spoke and the confidence and uh, the, th the way she handled herself in the midst of a hostile environment got me started. And that's, it's not an accident that I took uh, the road down human behavior and psychology uh, and human performance. And it wasn't an accident. And I am not, you know, uh, ignorant or forgetful of the fact that Yvette decided to attack her posthumously. And we know why that was. Uh, Dr. Cress uh, Wilson took a very firm stand against homosexuality. Um, and so both uh, Yvette and Mark Lamont Hill decided that after she was dead, they would go after her, which speaks volumes, um, you know, uh, that it happened posthumously uh, when they could have easily stated their uh, dissatisfaction with her position or her or their disagreement with her position while she was living and could defend herself. Uh, but I'm real big on respect. I'm not saying that you pass along uh, unrestricted honor. I'm saying that when a person is given 
the person is given over 50 years of their lives to a cause, has gone up and down inside and out and had to do it against the odds, had to do it against resistance, had to do it against opposition and put it and, and put it all on the line. And consistently right now, when I had the chance to deal with Dr. Anson and his wife, Joanne, a few years back, uh, Joanne's concern was that uh, she was acting as a barrier initially because he is so committed to the cause. The moment that you mentioned black empowerment or poweronomics or uh, group economics, he says yes to whatever it is. And he's he at that point, he was like moving into his early 80s. He's 85 now from where from if I'm, if I'm correct. And, you know, she says he needs to slow down. He, he's not as healthy as he used to be. And I respected that. Uh, and so, but but my thing is here, and, 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 I've, and I've stated all this and other things, so I don't want to get too much into why I'm saying it's wrong, but I think that it needs to be understood that our elders and our ancestors who have put in the work, who have earned the right to be held in high esteem, that they're off limits. Uh, there's a way to address it. And uh, the... I, there are certain things that I've disagreed with in in way of principle with Dr. Claude's argument about being locked out of the economy. And I, I made it known, but I made it known respectfully. And I've honestly uh, made it known without attacking him. I don't think it has anything to do with him. I just think that we're in a different place, a different time, different mechanisms that we're not uh, could not be considered when he came up with his hypothesis and his theory, it could not be uh, uh, the things that I'm able to observe and consider were not there. So he couldn't observe and consider. And at this particular point in time, his knowledge and understanding of the breadth and the width and the power of it may not be the same. And so it's just a difference in opinion based off of different experiences. And that's what we've got to learn that all of us are going to have that. Even contemporaries are going to have differences in opinion, and we cannot keep living in a world of divisiveness because of a difference in opinion. We need to say, okay, are we all about the advancement of black people? Are we all about uh, demanding reparations for what we've suffered? And if we're talking about reparations, are we talking about reparations solely based on slavery? Or are we talking about reparations based on the fact that things didn't get better after we were released? Are we talking about reparations because of all of the mechanisms and machinations that were put into place that ensured that we would remain at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder? Are we talking about reparations not just based on slavery, but based on lynching, based on mass incarceration, based on gentrification, based on redlining, based on uh, urban renewal and benign neglect? Are we are we actually sitting up and we're going to measure every way that they robbed us and we're going to demand based on that? How are we going to set our agenda out? And then we move forward. Not everybody's going to have the same idea. Not everybody's going to have the same philosophical uh, premise on which they stand. But if we are moving, we, we have... Uh, we have the ability to move forward. Nobody's going to be, it's no time we're all going to be on the same page, but we've all got to stand together. And that's possible, but we need to learn how to do that. I have a problem with anybody that's creating divisiveness. I have a problem with anybody that's purposely creating differences between one group. Yes, 
I've said this before. And so people got mad at me on the other video because I said that from a conceptual perspective, I agree with ADOS. It doesn't mean that I, I don't, I don't agree with ADOS as an organization. I agree with ADOS as a conceptual philosophy and idea, meaning that there is a unique experience of people who are descendants of slaves that relate directly to how we must approach dealing with the enemy. And those who are not descendants of American slaves or U.S. slaves cannot be able to contribute to or discuss because they can't relate and they are not uh, a part of that particular situation and should not benefit from it because their ancestors didn't suffer from it. So I'm, a, I'm a, in agreement with that, but I also still have a pan-African perspective. We, as a collective, have to understand our global strength uh, with those on the continent and those in the, in the diaspora. We have to be able to understand with great clarity how that works. There's a reason that um, Marcus Garvey was able to accomplish so much. There's a reason why Malcolm felt the way he felt. There's a reason. There's so much of uh, evidence out there of what's possible. And yes, there are differences. And yes, we've been conditioned to work against each other. We've been conditioned to hate each other. We've been conditioned to try to put ourselves above, above the next person. That competition that they created between us by way of establishing it's only room for one of you in that mindset has kept us down. We haven't been able to unite. Uh, that's where a lot of this stuff we're talking about right now is coming from. The idea that it's only room for me. And so I've got to take out anybody that may be in that space so that I can have that space. That cannot be the case. That cannot be what we are doing. We have to understand that there's room for everybody. We must operate as a unit. That's where our power lies. Uh, if we're going to build economically, our power lies in the unification of an economic concept. Doesn't mean everybody's practicing it the same way. It means everybody is being financially aware and economically aware of how they're moving or moving their money around and their assets around, and they're doing it with an understanding that it's about the overall collective interest of black people and not self. That's what we have to sit up and, and look at. But there's so much to be said about respect, and I just see some people who are solely going after Dr. Anderson because these two are. And that's following blind. I can be a supporter of someone, but when I can see something is being done and we have lost a great deal of what we are inherently, and that is a hierarchy within a unit and village, meaning that the elders hold a specific place. And we're not just talking about an elder here. We're talking about a legend, somebody that's been out there putting in work before most of the people who are going after him were even born. And the idea that you do that and, you know, and the, you know, just because he's old don't mean I don't care how, I don't care if he's this, I don't care. First of all, that's why we're where we are now is we picked up some very poor cultural habits from our oppressors and how cutthroat we are with our own. And it's costing us. There should be a level of respect. I mean, even when, you know, that, uh, People who know my story, I can say this because people who know my story know. There's a reason why I was reared by my great-grandparents. And my mother and I have never had 
a mother-son, a true mother-son relationship. But she's always been yes, ma'am. She's always been that. Matter of fact, very few people would ever be around us and know that we we really weren't uh, that connected or close because I respected her. I held her in high regard. Uh, she was in a position of that high regard. Whether she actually carried out the role was irrelevant. Doesn't mean that I'm up under her and expecting her to be something she's not. It simply means that as my mother and an elder, she deserved a certain level of respect. And I refuse to step outside of my character and go after her based off of something that she's got to deal with and face. And that's what I'm talking about. When you start attacking someone and tearing them down and digging into their personal business to try to make your case against them. That's about you way more than it's about them. And it, it shows a lot, you know, when you cannot uh, dissect and destroy the message, you discredit the messenger. When people are making arguments against your philosophy based off of the philosophy of another person and you can't break down the philosophy and refute the philosophy, you discredit the person. You know, it's so much that I saw in that argument. Well, his doctorate is in education and not in economics. You know how many billionaires we have who don't have a background in investing, don't have a background or a academic credential in what they do. Matter of fact, most of the people who have the credentials in those areas work for the people who don't have the credentials. People can have a knowledge of something without having an academic validation of it. One of the biggest things people talk about, you know, people get shocked when I start talking about that because of my academic, my academic background is really about me, not anybody else. That was just something I wanted to do just because it was something so far away from where I came from that I wanted to do it just because I can say I can do it. I want to go out and not just do it, but kill it. And and it, and, and it ultimately opened a couple of doors for me. But the way I've made my living has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not I have a degree. What I do, I make a money because I'm good at it and I do it well and people pay me well for it. Not because of no damn degree. And so when you sit up and you start making that argument, it shows how much you know. And then the idea that a failed business means you don't know what you're talking about. Being having been in business for decades now. And having worked with some of the most successful people, having been taught by a very successful person, I don't know anybody that hasn't had a failed endeavor. I don't know anybody who hasn't, if, if they're real big and serious, hasn't lost millions. None. So the idea is because he had this one thing. That's all we know about so far that I'm aware that they're pointing out. There's this one endeavor where he gets a loan from a black bank and all of a sudden the money you know, it goes it goes belly up. And there's a reason from that, from what I've researched. I'm not going to get into all of that. Uh, and, and so he it goes belly up and basically he owes the bank and he's taking steps uh, to protect his financial interests, which is actually a good business move. The bank is in a better position to take that hit than he is as an individual or a small business owner. Uh, nothing that none of the big heads and do matter of fact, you got a man in the in the White House in the seat of the president who's done it at least five times. So, and nobody's talking about how bad of a businessman he is, you know? So it, it's amazing that someone's supposed to be so astute about this wouldn't understand the, the, the mechanisms. And, that, and if it was, if it was just poor all out business and it was just terrible, 
that's all you got after 40 years, 50 years of going hard in the paint for black people. This is what you got. You can't get nothing else out of the 40 years that you can throw up there and say, OK, he's horrible or he's a bad person or he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, you know, he's been vetted by people with doctorates in economics and co-signed and validated by people with doctorates in economics. So it's not like, you know, he's out there a renegade and just throwing some stuff out there. The stuff, if you look at it and you research it and you go back, it's proven. It's time tested. Is it 100 percent viable and applicable in today's society with the massive move of technology and information? Uh, those are some things that needs to be revisited and recalibrated, readjusted and represented. That happens with anything when you study and you bring things forth. It evolves and you begin to learn things you didn't know at the time of the study, at the time of what was going on. And you have to make uh, adjustments for that. You have to make space for that. That's just simply how things work. Now to the point of the reason why I'm really here. I had the pleasure of listening uh, to Jason Black uh, on his channel address this um, a couple of days ago. And, you know, I have to be careful when I go over to Jason's channel because, see, Jason, I have an old Rick out locked and loaded and ready to go. And I don't think that's where I'm best at at this particular point in my life. Um, but, you know, he came hard in the paint and the premise of everything he brought out in that as he talked about it. And yeah, he went hard and he, he called out and, you know, really went after him and all of that. But the thing is this, the premise of what I got out of that was there has to be consequences uh, when someone does that. When someone comes out in the game and relatively new in the game, if you want to be honest about it, you, you, if you, you, if you less than 10, 10 years deep into the game and you going up to somebody 50 years in the game, you're new in the game. And there has to be a level of protocol and policy and code of conduct. And I've written on that. If you go to the site, you'll see code of conduct. There are just certain things you can't allow. If you're going to have an organized unified front, you have to have a code of conduct. You have to have a, a, a code of conduct that talks about the expectations of men, expectations of women, how we're going to treat our kids, how we're going to handle our elderly, uh, what will be accepted, what will not be accepted, what will be the consequences when someone violates those things that are not acceptable within the community. Going after an elder or an ancestor who has put in work and earned the right to be respected, even if, and you, we all know, Anybody that knows, the older you get, the more honorary you get. You know, you, you don't put in some time. You get. You, I mean, my thing is, are you that insecure that something that an 85-year-old man says got you such so riled up that you can't let it bounce off of you? That you don't you don't have enough confidence in yourself that you sit up and say, Psh. I mean, I get people that ain't 85 taking shots at me all the time. I get people show up in the, on these threads, taking shots at me all the time. How many times do you see me respond? There's been a few. Why? I know who I am. I'm that person, whether somebody likes me or not. I'm that person, whether somebody says something negative of me about. I'm that person, whether somebody actually shows up and says something negative about me that's true. 
I'm not perfect. I'm never going to present myself as being perfect. I, I, I'm, I'm a person that's flawed, always been flawed, but I'm just passionate about something that I'm willing to die for. I'll live with that. If nobody else can live with it, that's on them. I'm not going to sit around trying to convince people to like me, and I'm definitely not going to attack other people trying to win people over to like me. I'm going to make my case based off of my what I've done. When I wrote on epigenetics and psychology, I based that on what I believe. When I wrote on... Uh, Psychopathology as a Legacy of Slavery, which was born uh, in captivity, the book Born in Captivity, my 19th book. When I wrote that, I wrote it based off of what I understood. When I wrote The Miseducation of Black Youth in America, my 16th book, I wrote that based on what I had studied, the, uh, the information and data, the extant data, the empirical evidence that was out there. I pulled it, I pulled it, and I put it together, and I wrote it from that perspective, and I was ready to stand on it. I don't walk around defending it when every time somebody jump up and says something. You, if anybody follows me on Facebook, they, what they'll know is I post and I leave. If you watch my channel, the, especially the channel before this one, if you watched it, very rarely are you going to see me in the comment fields afterwards. Sometimes I'll go early on and, and, and respond to some things or like some posts just to let you guys know I appreciate you stopping by. But I don't defend myself. I stand on what I believe. I put the evidence out there. Now, what you will say about me is that in those times where I put something out, then I went out and found out that what I put wasn't quite right. I've come back and openly apologized, retracted the statement and said I was wrong. I have no problem with that. I'm not perfect. I don't know at all. I'm always looking for people who know more than me that will share with me that will help me grow. That's who I am. I take pride in being the best I can be. I've put in thousands upon thousands of, of research hours. I'm talking real scientific research into understanding the plight of my people. I don't ask to be put on a pedestal. I don't ask to be measured against anybody else. I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm trying to be the best Rick Wallace I can be, but that allows me to stand because I'm not competing with no one. I'm not competing with Umar Johnson. I'm not competing with Boris Watkins. I'm not competing with Tyreek Nasheed. I'm not competing with any of those guys. I, I, Jason Black or any of those guys. When I see somebody doing something that's positive for the people, I big up them. I've shared all all of their links at some point in time on my page and, and say, hey, man, you really need to check this out. He really killed this or she really killed this. I, I, I'm not out there for that. And because of that, I can sit up and I can make a statement and I can be respected because I'm standing on my merit of the work I've done. I'm standing on my merit of trying to be the best I can possibly be as a husband, as a father, as a leader in the community. But I am not in competition with anyone. So I am going to answer the question that Jason Black posed in his thing. What should we do to those who feel it necessary to go after our legends? I, our, our legends, whether they're living or whether they've gone on, what should we do? I think we have to make them as irrelevant as we possibly can. I think that we have to, and, 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 and I don't know if what I'm doing now is actually working in that way because this is going to bring heat and it's going to get people fired up and people are going to want to stand up and uh, present their, um, their positions and, and all of that. Uh, I'm not going to do what some of my colleagues have done and say that the people that are uh, blindly supporting Yvette and uh, 
Antonio have to be the stupidest people on the planet and all that stuff. I'm not going to insult anyone like that. Everybody has something that they need to believe in. My thing is, and I said this in a short video yesterday about maintaining the integrity of the new black media. My thing is you need to know what your people are doing. You don't need to be in their private business and all that, but you need to see their track record of how they get along with others. What have been the moves? There's something that I'm going to be actually doing in uh, about an hour and a half. I'll be actually on uh, a live uh, with the Raw family. And we're going to be talking about all, all of this, the origins and, and everything about ADOS and what's going on how we're disrupting the momentum of new black media when we get into these ego-driven uh, uh, and combative modes with one another when the energy needs to be projected outward towards those who are inherently against us. And that is it. So my thing is we do, we have to make them irrelevant. We have to call it out. We have to be firm on it. It has to be done across the board, meaning that if you step out of line and you disrespect an elder, you disrespect someone that's put that kind of work in and you make it your purpose to try to drag them. I'm not saying that you have to agree with something that you don't agree with. I'm not saying you have to restrict yourself from uh, stating that you disagree, but there's a way to be respectfully disagreeable. There's a way to sit up and say, hey, and this whole, well, you know, they, he wasn't respectful when he said this. Well, the thing is, while you can draw some conclusion to that last interview on The Breakfast Club, you know, where he, he, he made statements. He never mentioned anyone's name. You can sit up and say people knew who he was talking about, probably. But my thing is, he was asked these questions. You have to know he's going to ask this question. And why should a man at 85 have to sit down and bow down and back up on something where it's actually came at him? Who threw the first stone and how is it going to be handled? My thing is, it's nothing that this man can say about me that's going to make me go after him. Why? I'm confident in who I am. If he comes at me, he says, man, that dude over there, he's about the stupidest guy. He don't know this. And, and I mean, just a whole bunch of stuff. And his, 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 his mouth is wrong. His history is wrong. His philosophy is wrong. He can say all that. And I'm saying, and my, my response will be, that's his opinion. I stand firm on where I stand. And I'm done. I didn't have to attack him personally. I didn't have to go into, I mean, the immaturity. Of thinking that that's when when you don't have something truly reasonable, rational, and intellectual to stand on, you attack. I do everything from a rational, reasonable, reasonable, and intellectual level. So when someone attacks it, I said it's either going to stand or to fall. And if it falls, that's what science is. Science is building something based off of what you think you know or what you've been able to gather and what you can present by way of concept, hypothesis, theory, and maybe even one day theorem, and then you present it and then you let people review it who have the same skill set that you have called peer review. They break it down. They look at it. They do their research. They try to refute what you brought. And if, they, and if your hypothesis theory uh, can stand up to the refute, then it's been peer reviewed and it stands and it holds until somebody can find a hole in it. And that's what you want. You actually want to build something and challenge somebody to find a hole in it. So when the hole is found, you've advanced the science and that should be the thing. So in other words, when I build something, I'm not 
trying to keep it to stand and don't ever want anybody to show me where it's wrong. I want people to come out. So if some people come out and show me, hey, man, well, you said this, you probably thank you. You saw something I didn't see. That's how you work together. That's how you develop. That's how you build. I don't go out attacking people. I don't make personal attacks. I'm looking at behavior and I'm not happy with the behavior I see from people who are declaring themselves to be leaders. On a concept that was actually developed 40 years ago, it's not new. This whole descendant of slave thing is not a new thing. It's, it's, it's actually pretty old. There are some other things that we're going to talk about that I'm not going to talk about now uh, because I don't want to uh, take the wind out of the sail of what uh, the royal family is trying to do. Uh, trying to do. But uh, I am definitely looking forward to talking about that. There are some things uh, that are going to be brought to light uh, that I think is going to make this even more significant. Uh, you got to be careful uh, when you start throwing stones. Um, and the thing is, like I said, who? Me, I'm who I am. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. I try to do the best I can to be the best man I can. I haven't always made the best decisions. I've tried. I think I, over the course of my life, I've done great. Uh, but there have been some hoondingers. Um, but it made me better. It made me learn. Uh, I think I'm a better father, a better husband for, for, for my mistakes. I'm a better leader now because there are some things I went through that took the fear completely out of me. I, there's nothing, absolutely nothing I fear. And so I don't walk around with my feelings on my sleeve. I don't walk around uh, with an anxiety attack waiting to happen. I walk around prepared to go to the mat for what I believe in. As Dr. King said, a man that does not have something for which he is willing to die is not fit to live. And that's how I plan on living my life. You know, being steadfast for my people, being willing to take the hits when the hits come, but standing firm and speaking what I believe unapologetically, loving on our women unapologetically, starting with my wife at the, at the pinnacle and at the peak, uh, protecting our kids. And for you cowards, this is a little bit off, off here for you cowards out there, uh, regardless of race or gender, that are harming our kids, kidnapping our kids, and trafficking our kids, please know that we are mounting up and we are actually out looking for you. And if we catch you messing with a kid, we're going to light your ass up. That's the old Rick coming out. And like, I'm literally out when I'm out, look, I'm just hoping somebody tries something so I can light their ass up. We got to start sending a message that our women and our children are off, off limits. That's another thing that we've got to do. We've got to become the protectors. Men, we've got to become the protectors of our elderly, of our women, and of our children at all costs. Absolutely at all costs. And we let you know, it's, we got some brothers out there that are seriously doing this, literally sitting around in high areas that have been proven to be areas that are targeted, just waiting for somebody to try something. And trust me, they're going to light your ass up when they catch you. Won't be no arrest made. They're going to light your ass up. So please... Please know that the game is changing. Black men are not sitting around uh, expecting anybody else to protect what we've been uh, called to protect. Trust that. And on another note, look, uh, my thing is everybody has a right to their opinion. Everybody has a right to their philosophy. Everybody has a right to have space to believe how they believe. Uh, but when you start to defend those beliefs by attacking other people, 
that there's something seriously wrong with that. There's a way to speak your mind and stand on your ground without personal assault. And I think, as Jason Black stated, that there are certain people that are simply just off limits, not because they were perfect, but because of the work they've given us. And if you haven't put in but a fraction of that, you don't have a right to go after them. And, the, and for those people who actually believe that they do, that's where our problem lies. There has to be a hierarchy. There has to be a level of respect that just simply because, like I said, if I based how I treated my mom solely on how my mom has handled me, it, that would be a whole different ballgame. But I treat her based off of where she's at. She's my elder and she's my mother. And I'm going to treat her with a level of respect. And I've never raised my voice. I've never spoken ill to her. We've never, matter of fact, with the thing, her health thing she's going through now, the one thing she always talks about is how I, when she's fussing at the other children, she's talking about how I respect her. And that's because of me, not her. That's because of me. I gain nothing by attacking her. What, a little feeling? Uh, uh, that's so weak. If that's where you're getting your sense of victory is in that momentary attack, that's where you're getting it from? Huh. Anyway, I'm about to get off here. Like I said, don't forget, please support the work we're doing. Uh, the way that you can support the organization will be in the description box. Uh, whether you're watching this lot, uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, Vimeo, uh, a couple of other places, whether you're listening to it on the podcast, uh, there's going to be uh, a way that you can give. If you listen to it on par podcast, all you got to do is hit the support button and it's going to take you to where you can support us. Uh, on that note, oh, and for those of you on the channel, look in the description box and see the link to the podcast because there'll be things on the podcast that won't be here on the uh on the uh the channel on YouTube. So go over to the podcast and subscribe and check that out. The link should, it's going to be under there probably a couple of paragraphs down at the most. You'll see a link for the from the desk of Rick Wallace uh podcast. And that's going to be the black community and personal development. It's a merging of the two. Uh, and it's something I, I just launched uh, yesterday. Uh, I'm excited about it. Um, it's definitely going to help us out in a number of different ways. But go over and check that out. Thank you guys for coming by uh, and listening. Uh, share it. Share your comments. Um, like I said, uh, as long as your comments are respectful, you know, cool. If I find a comment and come across a comment, like, there's no way I'm reading all the comments because they're off the chain on the other videos. And I'm pretty sure this one will get pretty high as well. Uh, but if I come across one and, and I've got to set up some new uh, uh, monitors to monitor, whatever, whatever. I can't even remember what we call them, but I need some new people to monitor my lives because I don't pay attention to the stream. I'm, I'm a talker. Uh, so anyway, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, we got work to do and we need to be on uh, a unified uh, unified front instead of attacking one another. Uh, that's my big message. But yes, there has to be consequences for those who make it a, a habit or a practice to go after our uh, elderly, our ancestors 
and our legends. Uh, and I do agree with Jason Black and many others. And the sentiment is pretty predominant that Claude Anderson is a legend and he's off limits. And if you don't have, even in the mob, you have what you call made men. And once you become a made man, that can be no contract put out on a made man. That man is off limits. And so it is what it is, but I'm about to get out of here. You guys have a great day. Thanks for stopping by. Hopefully it's, this went on. I see a lot of people came by and stayed. So hopefully uh, the technical difficulties weren't, weren't too bad. Thank you. You guys have a great day. I'm out.